Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. I'm recording this one day after Gen Con 2021 has completed. Unfortunately, I was not able to get back to Columbus in time to record Sunday night. So we're recording this Monday night instead. I'm going to run down the results from the events of Gen Con. Then I'm going to talk about some things overall. And then we'll get to the other tournaments from this week. But this is going to be a show primarily about Gen Con. Let's begin. Thursday, Gen Con kicks off with the gauntlet. The gauntlet works the following way. It's a little bit different than it's been done before. The general manager still has three champions, three people you have to face. However, in years past, you faced those three in any order. This year, you faced two in any order. If you beat those two, you faced the third, and if you beat the third, you faced Calais, the general manager, John Calais. The two preliminary champions were the Grump Danny Thunder and the Benominal One Kirk Polka. If you were able to beat both of those players, then you went on to face Loudmouth Leo Larynx. If you defeated Loudmouth Leo Larynx, you went on to face the general manager, John Calais. You would get a prize for beating John Calais. You'd get a mini prize if you beat Loudmouth Leo. The conditions for the matches were this. For the Grump, for Kirkpolka, I'm going to assume for Loudmouth and the general manager as well. They were able to choose any competitor they wanted to, any cards in their deck they wanted to, and any stipulation as long as the crowd meter cards were foiled. Which I don't believe every stipulation is foiled, but it gives them a pretty strong variety of stipulations to choose from. They're allowed to make all these choices after they see what the opponent is playing, which gives the general manager's champions a very strong advantage. As of right now, as I'm recording this, to the best of my knowledge, nobody played Leo, nobody played Kalace, nobody defeated the gauntlet. So far, the only person in the history of this year's Gen Con, 2019 Gen Con, and 2019 Origins, to make it all the way through to the general manager and win in the gauntlet is the director of operations, Dave Marisak. He's still the only man to do it. That was Thursday. Later on that day, there was a six-stop tournament. This was not an official event, meaning it wasn't listed on the events for Gen Con. It was something that was organized there at site, although it was mentioned 
on Talk of the Universe that it would happen. The way the event worked was this. Steve Resk, who was running the event, opened up a number of Rainbow Girl versus Terror Skull box sets. You got to choose if you wanted Rainbow Girl or Terror Skull, and you received that competitor and the 1 through 27 deck that comes with that competitor. You also received a deck of cards, 1 through 27, randomly put together. I assume these are just like the ones you can buy on the website, just used for this purpose. You could also bring your own competitor. And from all of that, you would construct a six-stop deck. You were allowed to use skill cards, even if you did not meet the skill requirements, and they would have text. Normally, if you play a skill card and you do not meet the requirements of the skill card, you treat the card as if it's blank. In this case, that restriction was lifted. The card text was live. The one restriction on the competitor you chose was the competitor had to have their own set of printed finishes. So people like GoGo, for example, that does not have their own set of finishes yet, you could not play a competitor like Go. AR Fox, who only has one finish, a currently out-of-print character, you could not play somebody like that. There were three rounds, no stipulations in the three rounds. They cut to a top six, two triad matches. Ken Fouché, the current Six stop champion, the deep six champion, playing as Blackstar versus Anthony Perry, the cannoli, playing as Matthias, son of Zeus, one of the competitors from the 2021 Gen Con exclusive box set, versus Adam Johnson, playing as Dirty Eddie. The other triad match was Kirk Polka playing as the phenomenal one versus Chris Pate playing as the wreck versus James Booker playing as Macho Man. Adam Johnson wins the first triad match. Chris Pate wins the second. So Chris Pate versus Adam Johnson in the finals, the winner who would get a shot at the deep six championship was Adam Johnson. Congratulations to him. The final event, Thursday, is the Underworld Tournament. Five bullet rounds cutting to a top 16. In the top 16, there was no stipulation. In the quarterfinal round, all of the matches were tables matches. In the semifinal round, they were all steel cage matches. And the finals was a Liger's Den match. The winner of the event in that Liger's Den match using Scarlet Graves was Kirk Polka. He defeated his opponent. He was using Alton Black. Kirk Polka wins the opening major tournament of Gen Con 2021. That was Thursday. Friday, the first tournament was the Trios event. The trios event is kind of complicated. I don't have a lot of details on the trios event. I'll give you the best as I can understand. 
because the trio's event also did not conclude on Friday and ended up concluding Saturday. But on Friday, the format was you had 90 minutes to play up to five matches. And then based on your record overall, at the end of that 90-minute period, they ended up cutting to a top 12 with some buys. So after two triad matches, there was a top eight. Then we had quarterfinals, semifinals, and a finals, which again took place Saturday. I'll go ahead and give you the result of that finals. The two finalists from the trios event were Sean Loeb playing his team Valiant and James Booker playing as the Elite. Sean Loeb using Circle of the Sun very effectively throughout the tournament. As far as I know, he won every match with Circle of the Sun in the trios event. And he wins the finals and the entire event with Circle of the Sun at Crowd Meter Zero. Congratulations to Sean Lope. He won the trios event from Friday. Part of the reason for the delay in the trios event was that they also went ahead during that trios event and they kicked off the six-man Master Birdcage event. Here were the players in the birdcage. The first two entrants were Loudmouth Leo Larynx using Snake Pit and James Booker using Liger. The next person in was King Cold playing as Ken Broadway, followed by Kirk Polka as Chloe Mai. Matt Nealon using Ryan was the fifth entrant. And the last man in the birdcage, the brain using King Kong Dundee. The participants were eliminated in the following order. The first man out was James Booker. The second man out, Loudmouth Leo. So the first two in were the first two out. They were followed by Matt Nealon and the brain, leaving the final two as King Cold and Kirk Polka. And at crowd meter 7, the highest crowd meter the birdcage can hit, Kirk Polka secures his second win of the weekend. He receives a Master of Ceremonies card, which from what I understand will most likely be cashed in for a shot at the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. Congratulations to him. The other major event Friday was the tag team tournament at the end of the night. Again, this is another event where a lot of things went haywire in the top. There were delays. I'll give you the results as best I can. They had the opening rounds. They cut to a top 16. There was one buy in the top 16. The finalists were the team of Under the Bridge, James Booker and Brad Iyer, and then, from what I understand, the other team was the Horsemen, the Professor Matt Smith and Ben Horseman. I don't have any details about what happened, but the Under the Bridge team, Booker and Brad Iyer, won the event. 
they are the 2021 Gen Con Tag Team Champions. Other big events that happened that day, we had a defense of the Underworld Championship. The cannoli Anthony Perry playing as Naito, the champion, faced off against Candyman Dan playing as the Oracle. And at crowd meter four, the cannoli wins. He successfully defends. He's still the Underworld Champion. We had a defense of the Deep Six Championship. I talked about the tournament from yesterday, from Thursday, that Adam Johnson won as a result of winning. He faced Ken Fouché, the current champion. Ken Fouché, the champion with King Hyena, took on Adam Johnson using Dirty Eddie. At crowd meter one, Ken Fouché attempts to play a mist in the face, a card that if stopped will result in a loss by disqualification for the champion. And the challenger stops the mist in the face. Adam Johnson wins the match for the Deep Six Championship. However, because the championship cannot change hands on a disqualification, Ken Fouché, the loser, remains the Deep Six Champion. Congratulations to Adam Johnson on a win. Maybe this will lead to him getting a rematch in the future. But Ken Fouché is still the Deep Six Champion. The next championship match that happened on Friday was a match for the United States Championship. The Grump Danny Thunder or King Grumpy Thunder Jr., either name works, is the current champion with the second version of the general manager, John Calace. He was challenged by Ivelisse playing as Ivelisse. Ivelisse was at the convention. Thursday and Friday, signing autographs. She faced the Grump in a match that went all the way to crowd meter one. The winner and still champion, the Grump Danny Thunder. Congratulations to him, but that wasn't all because later Friday night, he had to defend again. He had to take on a new player, Jono Eaton. A.K.A. Ramrod Rick. Ramrod Rick playing as King Grumpy Danny Thunder Jr. from the new Gen Con exclusive box set. Challenge the Grump. The match here also went to crowd meter one. And again, the Grump Danny Thunder retains. He is still the United States champion. However, and this is as good of time to talk about it as any. Later on Friday night, there was an incident. I cannot get into many details due to privacy concerns. But, unfortunately, the United States Championship belt was lost. Presumably, permanently. What will this mean? Will this mean there will be a new belt commissioned, a redesign? We don't know, but as of right now, the United States Championship belt is gone. It is no longer in the possession of the champion, and presumably it will never be seen again. 
for those who may express concern about the champion, I just want to put out there the grump Danny Thunder is fine. He is not harmed. He is okay. The belt is just gone. It is no longer in his possession. And that's that. I'm sure the news will get out there about exactly what happened. I'm not going to publish that because it's not really relevant to the game. But just be aware the belt is gone. That's going to wrap up the Friday news. Saturday. Saturday starts off with the Freaky Friday event. This is an event that Loudmouth Leo was running. He's run it before. Here's the way this event works. You bring, I believe it's up to four competitors, and your deck. You start the tournament with one competitor, and then you have the other three competitors and the complete finished sets for the other three competitors on the side. When one player stops a finish, that stop finish is randomly replaced with a finish of the same number. So if someone stops your number 28 strike, you will shuffle up the other three, have the opponent choose, or you know however method you want to use to choose randomly, and then you will literally take stop finish out of the deck and put the randomly chosen one in and keep playing. Or in this case, it's the stopped finish out of the discard pile. Not the deck, the discard pile. And then put the new finish in and keep going. When there's a breakout, the player that broke out can choose to either randomly replace his competitor or the opponent's competitor. And he can choose to do nothing. It's a may on the competitor, but it is mandatory on the finishes. There were five rounds in the Freaky Friday event with a cut to the top four. The winner of this event, and I'm not going to go through the competitors because there were multiple competitors used, but the winner of this event at Crowd Meter 1, the Enforcer, Larry Bedenell. The Enforcer will, as a result of this victory, get a shot at the United States Championship. I don't know when that'll be, especially because the belt is gone, but he will get a future shot at the championship. Saturday night, we have the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Seven bullet rounds, cutting to a top 27 with a bye. All of the matches in the top 27 were steel cage matches. The next round was the top 14. The man who got the bye was the only man who went undefeated through the bullet rounds. That was Jacob Maynard. The stipulation was going to be a ring of fire. However, Jacob Maynard used his general manager's favor, canceled the stipulation. These were all singles matches. The order, the pairing in the round of 14, was done in an unusual way. I believe the first pairing was chosen when the grump had to cover his eyes. People moved around in a circle and he had to randomly, once they stopped, wander around and choose his opponent. 
There were other you know, odd ways that the matches were set. That's the most memorable to me. That was the round of 14. Cut again to a top seven. Jacob Maynard continues to get a bye. This is a Psycho Circus round. All the matches are Psycho Circus. At the end of this, we have a top four. All singles in the top four. The finals of the match end up being Jacob Maynard using Scott Prime, taking on Yasmeen using the Devil's Advocate Dan Williams. These two faced off in a main event match. The match went to crowd meter one, watching the match, which ended up moving from the main to the late night gaming area outside of the convention center. Ended up being a very lopsided match. Yasmin won a lot of turn rolls, especially through her gimmick. And she ends up at crowd meter one winning. Yasmin is the 2021 Gen Con World Heavyweight Champion. For the first time in four years, we have a new Gen Con World Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to Jacob Maynard for going deep with a competitor. He's always argued is very strong. Scott Prime. Yasmin, though, wins the big Saturday night event. Before I get on to the Sunday event, I'll touch on this, which I believe also resolved Saturday. Loudmouth Leo had announced that he was going to have this mini tournament where he would choose four tag teams. They would face off the semifinal round and then a finals, and the finalists would get a shot at the Dangerous Alliance. The four teams he ended up choosing were the team of Teru, the Shogun, and Daniel Gatowski, DTF, the team of Matt Nealon and Funtime Bob, King Greatness and King Pink, and the Mad Custodian, who got to choose his own partner and chose Candyman Dan. Mad Custodian Candyman Dan faced the Shogun and Daniel Gatowski. Mad Custodian with Johnny Super Show. Candyman Dan with Theo the Greek Neo. The Shogun with Kota Ibushi. And Daniel Gatowski with Kenny Omega, the team in New Japan Pro Wrestling known as the Golden Lovers. That team, the Golden Lovers team, won their match. In the other semifinal match, DTF with Matt Nealon using Jay White and Funtime versus Kenta. Faced off against King Greatness playing as himself and King Pink playing as himself. And DTF, double the fun, wins the match. Now, the finals match of this little mini tournament did not happen. Due to time constraints, it did not happen. As a result, both teams will at some point get a future shot against the Dangerous Alliance for the Tag Team Championships. Date and time to be announced, but both teams, as a result, will get a shot. I believe they've determined that Double the Fun will get a shot first, followed by the Shogun and Daniel Gatowski. That was Saturday. 
Finally, Sunday, we have the Tornado Tag Team Event. This tournament was a double elimination tournament. The finalists in the tournament were Brad Iyer playing as Tiki Twins and Chris Pate playing as the Dangerous Alliance. Chris Pate came out of the loser's bracket. As a result, he would have to beat Brad Iyer twice to win the tournament. The two of them squared off. The winner of the first match, Chris Pate at crowd meter one, forcing a second match, winner take all. The winner there with Tiki Twins, Brad Iyer. Brad Iyer wins the Tornado Tag Team Championship Tournament at Gen Con 2021. After his victory, Brad Iyer is given a shot at the Tornado Tag Team Championship. Now, the current Tornado Tag Team Champion going into Gen Con was mysterious with the Masters of Mystery. Unfortunately, she was not able to be at Gen Con. However, they decided to use Freebird rules and let her higher class faction mates, Loudmouth Leo Larynx, defend in her place. So, Brad Iyer, the challenger with Tiki Twins, took on Loudmouth Leo Larynx with Masters of Mystery for the Tornado Tag Team Championship. The winner of the match at Crowdmeter 1 and a new Tornado Tag Team Champion, Brad Iyer. Brad Iyer wins, I believe, his first ever LFF Gold. He is the new Tornado Tag Team Champion. And with that, that is the results. That is all of the events that took place at Gen Con 2021. Now let me talk a little bit about sort of the overall atmosphere at Gen Con 2021, my impressions. As always with these big conventions like Gen Con and Origins, I always feel like there's so much to do with these conventions. You can't do everything. I felt the same way here, although I will say I felt that there was not as much to do as previous conventions. I know a lot of people told me personally in various conversations, this didn't feel like a normal Gen Con year. Gen Con felt to them more like what Origins feels like normally. I don't really notice that, but you know there is, there is that to be aware of. As far as SRG-specific stuff goes, first off, it was great to see everybody there, meet people I'd never met in person before. There are people I'm playing with in Faction Wars I don't believe I'd met before. I got to meet for the first time. It's always a good time to see everyone again. It's a great place for everyone to get together. The SRG booth, as far as I know, the demos were going really well. There are quite a number of people. I feel like there were sort of more people I'm seeing come into the game from this one than there were from other ones. That is to say, from this convention, I feel like there's more than I've seen in the past. That could just be me. That could definitely just be me. But I look forward to seeing some of these new players that have come in, stick around, continue to play in the game. The events were fun. Super Show's a good game. I like playing it. 
lot of new product released. I've already talked about the exclusive Gen Con 2021 box set. We also had the Ikuzo Super Show make its debut, that box set, as well as a few competitors. Stage the Wicked Witch, LED, Fortress came out. They launched some buttons featuring the uh, Ikuzo Super Show characters. I believe they're going to be launching pins for Origins. Ivalice was there signing autographs two days. First time SR Universe has ever done that. That was a positive experience. I got to have her sign my Ivalice card. She was taking pictures with people. I got to have her sign my Bow to None card. I got the Bow to None, which is a great card at number 16 that came out related to Ivalice. That, I believe, was convention exclusive. They had a brand new release bundle. With a bunch of competitors. Other new competitors came out. They had some stock packs. Some skill cards for Ikuzo Super Show come out. A lot of new product released. You know, some considered better than others. Those are kind of the positives. Some of the negatives I want to get into for uh, this convention. I feel like the events could be organized a lot better. The trios event, for example, Sean Loeb, as the finalist, according to him, waited basically 30 hours from the start of the trios event to play that final match. That match did not conclude on the day. Again, part of that was due to the birdcage, but this goes into sort of scheduling logistics, how you manage this stuff. That's one of the issues when people can both play in the events and then have featured matches. You have to really do a good job of working that out, or otherwise you can have these delays. I know there was something odd with the tag team championships that I'm not privy to. The final event of the tournament, the Tornado Tag Team Tournament, did not start on time. It was 45 minutes later. It was pushed back 45 minutes. From what I understand, part of the issue with some of these delays was that the people who were supposed to be running the events get stuck working the booth. I'm wondering if it might be better to, for some of these events, try to have people running them who are not also having to do double duty. That might be too much to ask. Some other things I've been thinking about involving the events it might be time to cut down the length of time for some of these events. I think every tournament, every night ran almost to midnight. They started at 6 and ran almost to midnight. Many of the tournaments in the afternoon started at 1, ran till like 4.35, almost up to the next event. And for people who are going to the con who kind of want to see other stuff, it seems like Super Show takes up a lot of the day. I like Super Show, but, you know, it'd be nice to see other parts of the con. A lot of people definitely, even in FSRG, definitely wanted to see other parts of the con. So here are some of the thoughts I've had about maybe things they could do with the future events. Number one, as much as I like the Underworld Championship Tournament, do we need to do the Underworld Championship Tournament? Is there a functional difference between the Underworld Championship Tournament and the World Heavyweight? 
To me, there's not. They're basically just both singles tournaments that play the same way. Bullet rounds, top cut, stipulations, two of finals, and I think you could get rid of the Underworld Tournament and just have the World Heavyweight Championships on Saturday. If it were me, I think the better way to go would be World Heavyweight Saturday, Tag Team Friday. I would leave those the same, although do what you can to improve the organization so they don't go as late or as long. I know one of the things I heard multiple times were people wanted to go out to dinner. They could not because the matches basically ran really late. And in Gen Con, where things around the convention center are open late because of all these people, it's still too late after playing Super Show to go anywhere. And that's part of the fun of these conventions, going out to eat with your friends. So do things maybe, if it's possible, do things to try to tighten that up. Make sure things start closer to the start time. I just try to speed things up. Maybe think about a time limit where after so long, maybe the crowd meter goes up. Who knows? But think about shortening the length of the events. And then as far as like tornado, trios, I think the trios event going double elimination was smart in an, an attempt to sort of shorten that event. I think that might be a better way to go with the tornado tag in the future too. I know tornado is more popular, but I feel like with those events, maybe we could shorten them. And maybe a trade-off you can make is more things like the gauntlet that are for players a very short amount of time. In the gauntlet, at most, you're playing two matches. There might be a wait while you're waiting for one person to finish up. But more sort of short bites. Something like the birdcage event from 2019, where you basically were put into one birdcage match with five other players, and you played, and there was prizing for every player. I think events like that, that are shorter, that might only take two hours, is a little bit better than doing a long tournament that might take, you know, four hours. Those are just some of my off-the-cuff thoughts to maybe, you know, shorten the number of tournaments, cut the number of tournaments. We're only going to have four tournaments at Origins, and they're all going to be after the main events are done. They're all going to be at 6 p.m. pretty much after the dealer hall is closed, so people can come in, do most of the convention, and then they just do these four events. I've also heard, though, there's going to be some like pop-up, small events going on during the day. That, I think, might be a better format to bring to Gen Con as well. We'll have to see. But I'm thinking maybe, and I'll report on that when Origins is done, that could be a little bit better way to go. But those are just some of my thoughts about Gen Con. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I'm thinking. And with that, let's talk about the other tournaments for Super Show the Game from this week. Two tournaments. Monday Night Proving Ground, the first one. This was from last Monday the 13th. As always, you play as many matches as you can over a two-hour period from like 8 to 10. And then based on your record, there's a cut to a top four. 
The top four were in fourth place, playing as Harrietta, the Bearded Diva, Matt Barone. In third place, playing as the Phenomenal One, Brian Waitfort Schmidt. In second place, playing as the Mad Custodian, Jeremy Steigerwald. And the finalist, playing as David Starr, Tim Creaser. Time Bomb Tim wins this event. This event, which I didn't mention earlier, was the event where I believe it was all steel cage matches in the opening rounds, and then the top four were all Ring of Fire matches. This week coming up, actually tonight, as I'm recording this, this proving ground, which I'll have the results for next week, the opening rounds are all Beast Unchained stipulation matches. The top cut are all steel chain matches. That was Monday. Thursday, we have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. There were 16 players, four groups of four players in the group stage. After each player played their three matches, there was a cut to a top eight, the top two from each group. In the quarterfinal round, all the matches were Liger's Den matches. In the semifinal round, all the matches were tables matches. And the finals match, as well as the third place match, were both played using the Lumberjack stipulation. In fourth place, using the rogue Anthony Gangone, was Jeremy Steigerwald. In third place, using Harrietta, the bearded diva, was Matt Barone. The finalists were Time Bomb Tim using Polly the Pigeon Pacone and Joker Fish using Kenta. The winner, winning his second event this week, Time Bomb Tim with Polly the Pigeon Pacone. Congratulations to him for winning two events this week. One last bit of news which I forgot to bring up this week for the news was we have an update to the ongoing Cookies Fortune Tournament. Last time I reported on this, it was the first round of the top cut, which were all tag team matches. They paired up the singles players into tag teams and had them face off. Here we have the top 16. These are all singles matches that are set for two out of three falls. The first fall will be a steel cage match. The second fall will be a tables match, and if there is a need to be a third fall, it will be a Psycho Circus match. There was a request for two of the matches in this round of 16 to be played at Gen Con. I do not believe they were played. It's possible they were. I don't think they were. But those two matches were the Brain versus Loudmouth Leo and the Grump versus James Booker. The other matches in the top 16 are the Big Guy versus Vicious Vic Vandal, the Corrugated Cardboard Villain versus Jokerfish, Rick Rocket Gonzalez versus Hold the Line Harry, Mac Attack versus Mark Perry, the SRG Zombie versus the Harm City Hitman, and Google Doc Stan versus Andrew Trevor. As of right now, I only know the results of one of those matches. I did see that it was posted that Mac Attack won her match, so she's moved on to the round of eight, the quarterfinal round. As far as the other seven matches in this round, I don't have any results for those. 
Speaking of things that did not happen at Gen Con, I should have mentioned this earlier. I did not remember to. There was talk on Talk of the Universe of there being a tournament, a charity tournament for El Blanco Diablo, one of the founding members of XCW. It was going to be a tournament featuring the number eight card taunt that he's featured on. I don't believe that tournament happened. I didn't play in it. I didn't see it. I know that tournament was conditional depending on whether or not the boss received enough copies of the number eight card taunt featuring uh, Blanco Diablo. So I don't think that ended up happening. Maybe that'll be postponed to Origins. I don't know. But I don't believe that tournament happened at Gen Con. And with that, I think that's pretty much going to do it for this week's episode. I will touch on one thing before I go. I'm still working on putting together what I need for the panel show for the CCC. No schedule yet. Since we have some new players who may be listening to this, every year SRG Universe does a create a competitor competition. This is a competition where you essentially create your competitor, you submit it, they put these competitors in various matches, and basically it's a war of promos. You try to get people to vote for you, you cut promos, you do things to promote your character, and then through voting and other processes, you get down to an eventual winner, and then the winner gets their competitor made into the game. It's a somewhat early to start talking about this, but not really because, from what I understand, the scheduled opening of the contest is Halloween, October 31st, which, since I'm recording this on September 20th, is just a little over a month away. So the next CCC is coming, and people will be able to make their entrance. With that, though, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.